Hello, welcome to another episode of Swapping Joysticks, your home for LGBTQIA plus gaming and streaming and stuff like that. I'm Ben, biggest Ben as you can also call me, and I'm joined as always by Eurogamer's very own Final Fantasy VII Rebirth reviewer and Miyazaki interviewer and general sex god, Ed Nightingale. Well, thanks for that intro. So, I don't yeah. know about the sex god bit. I know, I, I just, yeah. I don't know, how. when did you win that? You tell me. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, um, it's been quite a week. What? It has been a week. Forget about games and stuff. How, how have you been? What have you been up to? I'm exhausted. Why are you exhausted? Well, don't, no, if you're not counting games, or is it because of games? That's, games is all I've done. That's yeah. all I've done for the past week. Yeah, it's I'm been like, a busy one. I need to. Work, I don't work. know what sunlight looks like. I don't know what I've done. Oh, I played some games, but yeah, no, I've not really. It's been a busy, busy week, and we also haven't had a podcast for two weeks now. Oh yeah, because last week was Juan. Yes, we had a great chat with Juan, mm. and it was uh, very popular. Apparently, he got some great comments, got some very thirsty comments. You dirty, dirty people. Um, but also, I think his like PlayStation people were watching. Oh, nice. So hello, if. I apologize <laughs> if we said anything in, inappropriate about PlayStation games. Never. No. We love PlayStation games. We do. What's we your... love all games. We do. Do you have any plans for the weekend? Um, clean the flat. Oh, that'd be nice for you. <laughs> well, I need to do something that isn't staring at a screen, that isn't you know what staring you should... at my PC behind me. Mm. Or, or You know what? Uh... You, sh- you should like really push the boat out and like leave the apartment. Wow. When was the last time you left the apartment for something that wasn't getting food or the gym if that doesn't count because you literally are uh, outside for about 10 seconds i went to choir last week just not this week yeah you did how was that good fun what did you sing lots of things mm-hmm. oh it's a secret <laughs> have you got a show coming up no it's because i actually can't remember off the top of my head oh um there is one which i am not around for but um we're going to be learning some new songs soon mm. i think are you going to sing that song from Frasier? He goes, oh, no, no, no. what was that one that he was singing and they walked in on him and he was really embarrassed. And it was some opera and it was like a little gaiety and blah, blah, blah. And you were singing along and you recognised it. Oh, it was um, Three Little Maids from <laughs> the Mikado. And you're like, you know, the three and Sullivan. can you sing it? Three little maids from school are we? Short as a school girl well can be. Or something like that. Wow. It's, it's, that little maze from school. Well, I'm going to clip that. Thank you. We need some uh, TikTok fodder. Absolutely not. <laughs> yeah, it was great. That was fantastic. Um, well, you should recommend they do that at choir. No. Is it not? It's, it's no, that's, that's not an appropriate. Is it more modern stuff? Yeah, we do like pop songs. Oh, well, speaking of pop songs, I just got, what's this segue? I just got Padam Padam and Rain On Me. Um, emotes in Fortnite. Are you ruining the news stories already? <laughs> no, we'll uh, we'll well we'll be talking about what we've been playing soon because wow. I have been playing a bit of Fortnite. But we're going to start with something that I think. Well, we're going to start with the two big things, uh, which are probably what people want to hear about. Sure. And today, as of the recording, well, this goes out on Friday, but on Thursday, so yesterday. Mm. The reviews for Final Fantasy VII Rebirth came out. Can you give your opinion on that in 30 seconds so I can make it a YouTube shot? No. Oh, okay. 
Yeah. No, I, I can't do 30 seconds. You needed 2,000 words, didn't you? I think it was about 2,000 words, yeah. I remember you looked last um, night and it was 1,999. Yeah, and then I think I definitely added some more. I think it was actually more like 2,200 or something. Do, would you say that you padded it with a bit of extra fluff? Wow. No, I'm just saying like like the game. Wow. <laughs> Every word mattered in that review. <laughs> <laughs> Did it? <laughs> Except emo. Oh, yeah. Some people have got an idea of emo sorry. phrase. It's it's emo. It's dark and moody. I mean, it's not quite eight, but it's getting there. Um, mm. Yeah, I I loved Rebirth. I had a great, great time with it. I d- d- To give you a summary, and just to say we're not going to support anything. Like You no, played a bit of it is, as well, yeah. but I have finish the whole thing obviously and i would um, like to ad- announce that the on release day there will be five let's play videos up the first five episodes um and then there'll be one per day afterwards until either the game finishes or i don't have time to get to like churn out as many yeah i mean it, <laughs> it's long it's a long game i so i finished the well i finished the story i think i played for nearly 65 hours in the space of just under two weeks that's a full-time job. That literally is, because that's 32 yeah. and a half hours. I mean, it was... 32 and a half hours is... Is it 36 hours is a working week? Or 32 and a half? You tell me. You've got a full-time was, job. It was every evening and two full weekends solid. You're working a second job, you know. Yeah. Um, I think in terms of review numbers, from reading some of the reviews, some people are like, I've done 80, I've done 100. Um, I will say, I think the American journalists got the code earlier. Why? I don't know. Mm. Um, but they got it a bit earlier. Because there's no difference. It's not like the old days with PAL and NSTSC and all that. Well, I think it's I think it's just uh, they have different PR departments for different territories. So there's a US one, a Japan one, a Europe one, whatever. So they, they all just, they work differently. Mm. Um, so I think US um, journalists had a little bit longer than we did. Um Obviously, I saw enough of the game in that time, of course, to write a review. Um, I, I, I finished the whole of the story. I saw the majority of the side content, but not all of it. So that was um, the entirety of the card game. It was most of the side quests, story-based ones, not all of them, um, but enough to know what they were like. I've at least seen or played all the different minigames. Mm-hmm. There is a lot in this game. And I'm still, even though I finished it, I'm really excited to go back and finish off all the stuff that I didn't get to do. I think once once the game's been out for like, let's say a month, we should have a spoiler cast and make it, do it live. I would love that. Do it live and get people, and we could even invite some people on and, and the chat can give us their opinions as well. But it'd I, be like full of spoilers, 100% spoiler I cast. would love that because um, one of the stipulations in the review guide was basically not to talk about the ending. And that is very understandable because you don't want it spoiled. Yeah. Um, and it's, it's an old game. Well, it is. But with this being the second part of the remake trilogy, Square Enix have gone off in a bit of a different direction with it. So this isn't just a straightforward remake of the original, but just split into mm. three games. The end of the first game, small spoiler if you haven't played it yet, um, is a, a break away from fate and destiny. They fight fate. They do. And 
that was them, you know, carving their own destiny as characters. But it was also Square Enix themselves saying, we know that you know this story, so we're going to do something different here and we're going to make you think we're doing something different. Um, and they want to keep people guessing. So if you think you know what happens in the next bit of the game that Rebirth covers, you don't necessarily. And they mm. want to keep that under wraps, which yeah. is which is very understandable. Um, but also I think that that notion in itself is very divisive. And a lot of people, even with Remake, were like, oh, I don't know if I like this. I don't know about the changes they're making. So I think a spoiler cast would be great to then talk about those things because there is a lot to talk about yeah. in that respect. You can invite some people on and yeah, that will that will mm. probably be in the future. But generally, so you seem, you loved it. I mean, I've been playing a, bit, a fair bit as I've recorded a few of the Let's Play videos and yeah, it's, I'm loving it, really loving it. I'm finding all of the side missions interesting and quite fun and they might not be the most like it's not like the witcher where every side story is its own little mini kind of you know story in itself mm. um with different with you're forced to do different things and and do puzzles in different ways you know it's just kind of usually go and kill an enemy or you're chasing something or you're trying to get to the end of a you know of a, a place that might be quite difficult to get to but They've all been. They've all kept me quite intrigued, and I think it's just because the the world is so beautiful, and it's just you want to explore and find more about it. Yeah, absolutely. I think so. So remake was not really open world. It was mm. sort of funneling you down different areas. Was generally pretty linear. The big change for this is that it's these huge open world areas, so it's not a completely seamless open world throughout but it's these big areas that effectively operate as mini open worlds. And I think those, those areas are just filled with stuff to do. And the actual storyline in terms of how far into the original game it covers, mm. not that much happens. There are some really key moments um, and if you've, I mean, they've said online, basically at the point that it ends, I mean, I won't say here, but already online, you know, Square Enix have said, this is the point that the story ends. So you, if you know the original, you know what story to expect and it covers those bits, but because it's the middle game in a trilogy, there's that sense of, well, we need to move things along, but also we need to save something for the third game. Mm. So it's kind of like, it doesn't go that far. It doesn't, the story doesn't move that quickly which I think is one of the biggest criticisms of it. Um, that it just doesn't really move quick enough and then it sort of has this big moment at the end. But what they then do is they sort of pad it out with this open world and mini games and stuff. And on the one hand, that stuff really detracts from the main story because the main story sort of, for me anyway, really lacked a bit of urgency and I sort of didn't really care that much about it. But that's also because the side content and the side quests and all the mini games and everything are so good that I just wanted to spend all my time doing that. I was yeah. so distracted by cards. Oh my God, Queen's <laughs> Blood or Queen's Gambit, as I keep calling it. I you also keep, keep calling. calling it Queen's Gambit, but it's Queen's yeah. Blood. Yeah. And just before we go into that, like you were talking about the lack of urgency. I really liked that. Because The Witcher 3, for example, the urgency is always there. It's like you're literally chasing Siri, and every single time you get to where Siri is, she's just left. Mm. So this was, 
I like the fact, and it just felt weird doing side content, side missions um, in that game when you're like, well, I've got to chase this person that's running away. Like, shouldn't I be getting a move and just like focusing on that? Mm. Um, whereas this, it's not so urgent. You're kind of just wandering along. In fact, I'm not even, can't remember. I'm just following some people. And I think, yeah, I think and they that's all there. you do for most of the game. Yeah, so it's like, <laughs> but I'm not chase. well, not necessarily chasing them. And there's no real urgency, as you said, which makes me feel less guilty when I go and explore because I've I've completed the first so well let's just say explain it's kind of split into a bunch of open world areas yeah um, and I've done pretty much everything in the first two areas and I'm guessing that I'm most the of these well. I'm guessing that most of these open world areas are kind of connected with a, a, a maybe a shorter more linear story yes it tends to be that there's a dungeon or something that connects them. Mm. So for instance, the first area is the grasslands and then you go through the mithril mines and then they come out the other side into Junon, which is the next area. So there's often a dungeon that connects them or a story event or something like that that connects mm. them. So yeah, they operate as like an open world and it's open world in that typical sense of, oh, I'm going to go and find a tower and then that's going to unlock some icons and give you activities to do. Now, what I will say is that sounds incredibly Ubisoft. like Ubisoft 2010. Mm. And in practice, it's sort of not because you don't actually have to climb the towers to mm. reveal the icons on the map. You can just go there anyway if you, if you want to find stuff. And it also doesn't reveal the map. The map itself only opens up as you explore. So and it's, it's covered like, in fog, but as you move around, um, it un it unfogs, and the towers don't do that for you. No, and also when you some places will only some things on the map will only show up once you've done certain missions as well. Mm. Um, so it only unlocks like a few things. Yeah, and it's like and it's not the kind of Far Cry, you know, jumping puzzles to try and get to the top. At least not in the two areas I've got. In fact, the first area, most of the things that you had to hit were literally on the ground. <laughs> So it wasn't even, you didn't even need to climb anything. They they do vary the climbing of the tower Okay, throughout. Um, so it's not, I mean, it's not complicated. It's just, it's at least slightly different. Uses your brain a bit differently. Yeah, a little bit. Um, so in terms of these activities, there there's a lot to do, a lots of different types that get repeated in each area. So for instance, there will be combat challenges. There will be um, getting a chocobo. There will be... Um, I'm trying to remember them all now. Um, there are life uh, live stream fountain things which yeah. give you more details about the world. Treasure hunt. There's treasure hunts. There's Moogle. There's the Moogle. Which we won't say herding. anything about. There's things. So um, the two things that um, obviously this is going to be a spoiler-free um, podcast. But the two things that we won't spoil are Moogles and the uh, relic weapon type thing. What's it called again? The proto relic. Yeah, the proto relic because that. Proto well, we won't say. Let's not say what happens and what what you get for it. But there is essentially a side quest line that goes throughout the game, mm -hmm. and that is split up into smaller quests uh, in each area that you go to. And every time you meet that quest line in each area, it's different. I mean, the first two areas I've done it, there are the, they couldn't be more different. Yeah. <laughs> It's it's like a it's it's its own little mini game basically but each yeah, time. It's like a side quest that has four parts to it, but it's just yeah. You're like every time like I'm gonna go into the third open world area, I imagine, in a few hours, and I'm like, 
one of the first things I'm thinking about is like, what do they do in this area? Like, how do they make this quest line? And that's the great thing. Like every time you get to a new area, yes, I'm excited to know what happens in the story, but equally I sort of know what's going to happen because I've played the original. Mm. So therefore I'm thinking, Ooh, what's the, what are the quest lines? What are the side quests going to be? What are yeah. the mini games going to be? Like where, wh how quickly can I play cards with someone? Um, so it was honestly that side stuff that really gripped me generally. And some of it is really fluffy. You're just repeating the same yeah. like little mini game uh, button prompt thing each time. But you're always getting a reward. You know, these things are always linked together. So, you know, you, you're going to get some new material from it or it, it builds something else up that gives you experience or whatever else. So there's always a reason to explore and you want to explore because you want to see the world and you want to see all these weird and wonderful things that they're going to put the cast through. Um, mm. the side quests, as you said, they're not like Witcher style, it massive storylines, but they're all little kind of mini vignettes that you are always accompanied by mm. another member of the party. Yeah. So that's interesting. So, you know, you, you might do one that where you're accompanied by Tifa the whole time and it's at the end of it, you boost your relationship with Tifa and then you might do another one and it's bad. Who did you have the highest relationship with in the end? Red 13. <laughs> I won't dog. say what happens, but <laughs> you were dating the dog. Yep. Have you ever dated a dog? No, but maybe I will now. Okay, no, I, I was, uh, never mind. Uh, You're not a dog, Ben. No, I was talking about any exes. <laughs> wow. Oh, that wasn't where my brain was going. Wow. Um, so, yeah, I, yeah, so you have this basically mm. relationship system um, with your party members, um, which in the original was sort of in the background, depending on dialogue choices you, you made whereas now it's much more explicit there are very obvious choices mm. but also they have like a, lit a literal smiley face as to like how how green uh going into blue are you because uh, i've heard it where it says like your relationship with tifa has changed and i'm like for the better or the worse well yeah and they, it, it they usually does like... that so you know when it's changed but if you yeah. press i think it's l1 in the field it highlights a little smiley face above them and you'll oh, see the different colors. Okay. So um, then you'll see like as they get warmer and warmer. I have seen that. Yeah. I um, yeah. The, and usually those ones are timed as well. Like you have to make a decision very mm. quickly, which time I'm not good at that. <laughs> well, the other thing with that is that say Mass Effect, hmm. it's a, a dialogue wheel, but you know that top right is always good. Bottom right. Is bottom bad. right is always bad. With this, it's it's a similar wheel, but I don't think those decisions are in the same places mm. or at least it wasn't that obvious to me so i genuinely had to read them all to work out okay which ones do i want and then time's going like, yeah so yeah be quick with those for sure um but i do i must say i do love the fact that there's like a dungeon between each open world area mm -hmm. and it's not just this massive open world I've, I've mentioned this a bunch of times before but they're like for me the one thing about 16, which I'm not going to be always referring to 16. I'm only referring it to 16 because that was the game, the last Final Fantasy game that came out. But that one, with it being just kind of... No, it wasn't an open world. I feel like those areas were a bit too small. Um, and it was quite easy to just go from one to the other really quickly. Whereas this one, I think it is a little bit more tricky if you do want to go to another area because you have to find a certain thing to transport you there. Yeah. So you, you do can't... feel like you are making progress on your adventure. Yes you that these big open areas once you move to the next one mm. there are methods of going back but there's no immediate fast travel no until i mean this oh. is a very obvious spoiler but at the very end obviously they say right now you can explore everything if you want to okay um 
Well, now I know. Thanks. I mean, that's <laughs> obvious. Every open world game does that. Oh, I do. You're talking about what's happening in the game. In the end, that's a spoiler. It's not the very end. Well, I'm... Uh, yeah, I mean, no, sure. But it's... that. That's Whereas, like, in 16, you go and you beat... I think it's Barnabas. And it's like, oh, there's another thing you need to go and do over right next to where you started. And I'm like, okay, quickly fast travel. And yeah, 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 you can't do that. Yeah, and that's something... And it just... You don't feel like there's as much progression when it's like that. Um, I like... To feel as though I'm on an epic adventure. Mm -hmm. I like Lord of the Rings, you know, I'm on a unexpected journey. I'm oh, that's the Hobbit, isn't it? Um, yes. I, I want to go along here, and I want to feel like I'm a million miles away from where I started, and look how far I've come. Not like oh, I can go and quickly fast, fast travel to this first place and mm. collect something that I'd forgotten or I'd left in the chest there or whatnot. So, yeah. and yeah, it does feel so far that it has that journey and knowing what's to come i'm like yeah i feel like i'm really and especially going and doing everything in each area before moving on is making me really familiar with us with a, a place or with the mini open world so that then when you move to the next one the next one then eventually in the future yeah when they say you can go back i'll be like oh i remember this place mm -hmm. i remember getting my ass kicked by this random thing that dies in one hit now yep mm -hmm. very much that very much that so, so yeah cards <laughs> oh so queen's blood is this card game which basically the original didn't have a card game and the next game was Final Fantasy VIII and that had Triple Triad which was a huge success it's in 14 and as well. it's now in 14 and then 9 had Tetra Tetra Master which was its own version which I think went into, into 11 as well so a lot of people have been like you know wanting a return of a card game so now we have Queen's Blood which is sort of Triple Triad meets Gwent I would say yes kind of yeah yeah it is our marvel snap sort of kind of there's yeah. essentially it's like there's a board there's three lines three rows and you place your your cards on on the board based on these little shapes on them that allow you to progress along it and you have to outwin your opponent with more power but as and i've obviously finished the quest line and you haven't um all I'll say is that there are abilities on the cards that yes, become more complicated. Okay. So as you get further in, you genuinely have to like think about your deck and mm. strategize and work out what cards are going to be more, most useful to you. And it's genuinely a really fun little game. I would buy that separately. I was thinking thing. the way that they <laughs> the way that they have like a proper um, board with like a little castle at the side of it. Every time you go there, I'm like, I'm sure they're going to sell that for like five hundred dollars. Yeah, like the full thing. Yes. But it, yeah, I really I really enjoyed playing it so far. I haven't got too far. There are bits where I'm like, okay, this one's quite difficult. I'm going to pause the recording and I will try and focus and try and beat it on my own. Um, but the, one of the great things about it is so far, anyway, I don't know if it's the same later on, but you can just redo a battle if you lose. Mm -hmm. Or if you know you're going to lose, you're like, right, okay, I'm going to quickly restart. Yeah, you can work out the numbers and say, yeah. I can't win at this point. I'll just restart it. Yeah, and you want to, yeah, you want to be able to just beat them, but it's just one match and literally you can beat them in two minutes mm. if you're putting it down quite quickly so these matches don't take long at all and i've only met one time i've only had one battle where i needed to win two matches um because i was against two twins or to a brother yes. and a sister and yep. the second time i lost but they um but they didn't reset the whole battle it was just that second one. Oh, that's good yeah yeah i got my ass kicked Oh, but the great thing is it's really interesting as well because you don't need to win two out of the three you just need the highest score so 
if you've got the highest score on one of the rows, then you take all that. Whoever wins the row gets all the points. So you could technically, the other person could win with five points on each, on two rows. And then if you've got a 12 on the final row or whatever, you'd win because you'd get 12, 10. So I didn't realize that at the beginning. Oh. Um, and... Do you not read? Wow. <laughs> No, I just, maybe I just, I did read or I just assumed, but I thought, right, you've got, the point is to win two of three, but it's not. It's nope. just to have the most points. And you can do that on a singular row as long as you've got enough. Mm -hmm. And actually there are other challenges that you will do that basically made that clear to me. Hmm. Um, so I think in terms of like the flaws of it, as we've said, I think there is some padding there are some pacing issues with the story itself. I think there are some changes from the original that some people maybe won't like as much if they played the original. It has a tendency, therefore, to sort of over-explain a little bit and add detail that was maybe not necessary. But I think for me, that's all the positives of the game sort of outweigh those narrative issues, which are things like the, the fun of, and joy of the minigames. But also it's just how playful the game is, how funny it is. It's so funny. Yeah, like there are moments where I've been laughing, but you have think I've heard I've you been cackling. Cackling. <laughs> on your own, which is the sign of madness, isn't it, when you laugh? I mean it really yourself. is. Yeah. Um I've been absolutely cackling while playing this. And that's not to say that it's suddenly a comedy game, because the original game is pretty serious. I mean, yes, I called it emo, but like it's it's you know, pretty apocalyptic and quite depressing and dour in its mood a lot of the time like in emo yeah exactly but then there are some bright spots of like weirdness it's like mm. for all of the sort oh wait of... we need when you talk about weirdness you have to talk about the music especially a certain person the j-pop oh yes that person Ky yeah. well She's a, it's a returning character from remake. Okay, well, Kyrie in the first one. But she... I won't, won't say anything really about the music, but it's just... It's like, oh my God, this is camp. Well, I think they said... I want to see people's reaction when that happens. I want to watch streams I when mean, they see that for the first time. Because If you think that's camp... Oh. You just wait, Ben. You just <laughs> wait. Um, I think they said in the state of play that there were over 300 music tracks in this game or something like that. And genuinely, the soundtrack is quite possibly the best ever in a Final Fantasy game. Wow. Which is like high praise, yeah. but genuinely, it's incredible. It's got all the sort of big orchestral moments you expect. Um, it's got the classic like battle theme that they use quite sparingly, which I like, which mm. I like. Um, and certain themes. Oh, Barrett does it all the time. Oh yeah, he sings it. Um, there are there are other little moments. Or am I just doing that from remake? Watching you play remake, maybe it was all both. Yeah, I can't remember. I mean, okay. He does that again. All right. Um, little moments of themes that come up. You know, Eris theme, Tifa's theme. Um, I really like when you go to the life spring things around the world. When um, the music is, does the da, 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 which mm. is from the very beginning of the entire game hey, like from quite the well thanks like from the original um like opening with with T uh, with Aerith and as it pans out of the mm. city um it's like it's those little chimes um it repeats that as the sort of live stream theme or theme of the 
Earth or whatever it is. Yeah, it wasn't the beginning um, bit before the. Yeah, yeah exactly. So, so it's like be- both beautiful singers. Lovely. So there's so many little like lovely musical moments, but then it suddenly goes into like jazz. Like the card game, the music has this like great jazz thing. Mm. It's so cool. Um, and then you get like heavy metal rock in moments, and then it goes to like funky electro J-pop, and you're like, this is fucking cool. Mm. Um, there's such variety, such diversity in the world. The world feels like a lot more alive, which sounds really cliche to say, but it's like, also quite gay as well. It's Oh, it's gay. I've, I mean, not in just that way, but there were two women. There's a dialogue bit where I was um, just o- overhearing a woman who's like, oh my God, I'm so done with men. And this other woman she was talking to was like, do you, would you want to date me then instead? And the other woman was just like, what? <laughs> <laughs> so there's like, there is, yeah, they're, they're mo- they've modernized it as well. They Oh, massively modernized it. They've, they've, yeah, there's moments like that. There is way more diversity in terms of sort of the crowds and other characters um, there are women soldiers. Did I not have that before? Well, in the original, it's all just the same soldier model that just gets yeah. repeated. Um, but like, there's shock horror, women soldiers all of a sudden. Like, there's just oh, there's so many nice modernisms that just really bring it up today. I can't, I'm just, yeah. There's a person who, and oh my, who's the person that, oh, I'm trying to like say it, but not spoil anything about it, but there's, Okay, when you go to Junon, you then um, you have to, you get, you become like a soldier and mm-hmm. kind of, and the pe- there's a person who recognizes you or the person who's like, why aren't you wearing your soldier uniform? You need to go and, uh, and get this in these instructions. Mm-hmm. And that guy, I can't remember who it was exactly, but like just complete comedy. Like oh, yeah. with his neck going back like this, going, what? <laughs> <laughs> and just oh, really over-the-top campness. Um, but yeah, that game is just yeah, it's like brilliant. The, the script and the line deliveries are mm. so over-the-top in places and just really camp. And I love that it just, the game as a whole really balances and sort of flips between really serious and really emotional and there are some genuinely i mean you haven't even got to a lot of either of these contrasts yet but there are some really emotional moments in it that are genuinely touching and are really well acted but then suddenly there's like moogles and talking animals and chocobo and well, like speak- weird pageantry camp stuff and yeah. it really flits between both in a really amazing way well speaking of that we were well we can announce that we can. on on release day or maybe before release, I think it'll be before release now, uh, just because everyone will be then playing the game on release. Mm. Uh, but just before, we're going to be releasing the next swapping joystick. So the next swapping joysticks will be released a little bit early, um, but it will be a special, just as long, a good hour and a half we were chatting. Yeah. But it's a um, an interview with Paul, Paul Tinto. Tinto. Wow, they had double names. And he is the voice of Kate Sith, who, if you've not played the original, you probably saw Kate Sith for a very, very brief second. I think, or was it in Intergrade, maybe, like a pre No, 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 or... it was in Remake, I think. There's there's one cutscene where you suddenly see Kate Sith out of nowhere, and it's just this uh, nice okay. little nod. So Kate Sith is a cat, uh, a robot A cat, cat who rides a Moogle. Yes. And uh, Kate Sith is in this, but yeah, he is the voice of Kate Sith. And mm. one of the things he did speak about was how, yeah, like, it's just absolutely, you know, million mile an hour speaking kind of really scottish cat and then but then doing all the goofiest stuff 
but every now and again there's like a really emotional bit and it's mm. and it means a lot more when it, you know contrasting the two times yeah. and we, we talk quite a bit about scottishisms um which we was, learned which some very we learned one what did we learn scunner 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 Yes. Do you remember what that is? Your, yeah, your wee, wee scunner. scunner. <laughs> let's not. No, let's not try and do the accent. But yes, your wee scunner. Mm. Um, so yeah, I think that that's for me is what I really love about you should, you the original. Call Victoria that in the in your morning meeting yeah. tomorrow <laughs> when she says something a bit cheeky like, oh, your wee scunner. <laughs> See what she says. I'll throw it in. I'll let you know. <laughs> do in the middle um, of uh, one of the Eurogamer podcasts. <laughs> Just see your reaction. <laughs> um. Yeah, I, I think that's what ultimately I love about this game is that however divisive it might be, however many flaws there might be in the storytelling, it's just the characters and the humour mm. and the playfulness and just this really beautiful tone to the whole game um, with really well-rounded characters. I think it's fair to say that I I think the for, even from the original the characters are probably the most iconic Final Fantasy party collectively. And I think they've made all of them, even the slightly more annoying characters, everybody is just really well-rounded mm. and just really human and, and relatable. To, like, describe, and I, I just love that about it. It's hard to describe that. I think you've mentioned this before, um, like off, not on the podcast, where it's quite easy to say, well, this thing I liked and this thing I don't like, but the thing that you liked the most about it is quite hard to describe because it's just everything together and coming together in the world. Yeah, it's, and just, the... it's a feeling. Like yeah. you can you can pick apart the mechanics of certain things or, you know, the mechanics of storytelling or I mean, we haven't even talked about combat. Combat's great fun. Mm. Um, and there's all these RPG mechanics that all sort of interlock with one another. So if you want that customization, there is absolutely a lot of that. Um, so yeah, you can talk about the mechanics and stuff, but sometimes it's just a feeling you get. And I just sat for 60 odd hours just with a smile on my face, giggling, reliving this old story that I love, but in a new way and mm. experiencing it in a different way, which, yeah, it's not the same as the original. And if you're overly precious about that, then maybe this game isn't for you. But if you go into it with an open mind of, do you know what? I'm, I'm prepared to see this story in a different way then there is absolutely a lot to love brilliant would you recommend anybody play if they haven't played remake no not at all would yeah <laughs> like square enix i think said oh we've made provisions so that people can jump straight into this there so is like, the well, there's story. a three minute video at the start which i mean sure it's a summary but it's not the same as playing it and i don't feel like there's a there's much of a sort of tutorial necessarily and as far as i remember <laughs> integrate isn't involved in that at all no yeah, it, yeah that's another thing integrate is not part of that so yeah this is not a jumping in point so if you're if you're thinking oh it sounds quite interesting go and play remake first yeah because if you want to play it you will be you'll own a ps5 and i think remake and maybe even integrate is on the ps plus or at least the first remake is yeah remake is definitely on ps plus i think it includes integrate mm. and also i'm pretty sure if you buy rebirth it comes with remake essentially free with it Does it? <laughs> i think i think there's a there are different editions of it and i'm sure like a lot of the digital ones have remake as part of it so just play it and so it doesn't yeah just it, play the stick, whole thing. stick it on easy i mean yeah the best thing is if you haven't played remake then you've got even more content and even more of an incredibly incredibly epic story to play and there's still an entire third game to go 
Yeah, and if you start remake now, by the time you finish rebirth, remake uh, the the third one, whatever it'll be called, will probably be just around the corner. Yeah, hopefully. Yeah, fingers crossed. Mm. Anyway, so that was all Final Fantasy VII Rebirth out on the 29th of February. Um, so yeah, go and play it then. If you're not going to play it or you want to see what the story's like, watch my playthrough. There you go. Yeah, there's the big or plug. if you want more detail on criticism, then you can read my review. Yeah, I'll post it in the description. Nice. So, I mean, it's been quite a week for you, Ed. You mm. have not only reviewed, like literally today you put out the review for Final Fantasy VII Rebirth, but yesterday you had an article with a person who makes games. <laughs> a person who is quite famous and makes very popular games. Was it Miyamoto? No, but that would have been a very good interview. Yes. Was it Jim Ryan? No. I don't think he makes games. No, he doesn't, and he's left now. So yeah. Good one. Uh Go on then. It was Hideo he Kojima. No, but oh. that also would have been a great. If you ever I get mean, Hideo Kojima, I'm going to be sitting behind you and be like, "Who's that weirdo?" I'm like, it just... I mean, look, there are basically three Japanese developers that are sort of top tier. I would love to interview those in my career, and I've now done one of them, which is pretty mind blowing. Now when I say that, <laughs> because it still hasn't really sunk in. But Miyamoto is one. Mm hmm. Kojima is one. Mm -hmm. And the third one is Hidetaka Miyazaki, who makes Elden Ring and the Souls games and Bloodborne and all of that. And I got to speak to him on Tuesday. And out of those three, he's the one that like, has made your favorite games of the three, right? Well, no, Miyamoto made Zelda. So Okay. Um, so he's second best. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Just don't tell him that. If, you, if you're going to push me that, then yeah. Um, yeah, so essentially this week we had finally the announcement of a release date for Shadow of the Earth Tree, which is the expansion DLC coming to Elden Ring, which was last February that they announced that they were making it. So it's been a year since that announcement. And everyone's been desperate. Is it because George R. R. Martin had such a long hand in it? No, or he did not provide any new information. Did not. I, I thought on the Eurogamer they were talking about... George R. R. Martin's. Well, you didn't read it properly then, did you? No, I was just defending you in the comments from oh, all wow. the twats. Thanks. Um, no, that was one of my questions was, did he provide fresh material? And they said, no, this is still based on what he provided. So he obviously provided <laughs> a lot of stuff. on the back of an envelope. The scribbled law. <laughs> um, but they are still working from that. So we didn't provide anything new. Um, so yeah, I interviewed him basically ahead of the announcement of the DLC which was organized like a week ago. Mm -hmm. So I knew something was coming. I didn't know what. I didn't know the release date. Um, and yeah, I knew that I had an hour to interview him and it was a UK exclusive. Mm. So I was the and only of all the person ones, in the UK to actually interview him. And of all the English speaking ones that did, because I think IGN got it as well. I, Yours I was think the one it might that... have been one per, per country because I think IGN was the only one in America. Yeah. I, I imagine think. he's a busy man. I mean, I think we all got like an hour, which is, well, you think that's a long time, but the thing with interviewing um, Japanese developers is obviously you need an interpreter there or translator. Um, so realistically, things take twice as long. So actually, it's more like half an hour. But yours was the one that had most, like people, like all other, like, pretty much every other gaming news site was making articles well, based on your interview. That's very kind of you to say, Ben. Um, Why well, you told me to say that? 
No, I didn't. <laughs> <laughs> no, I definitely didn't. Um, yeah, so I wrote, I mean, I wrote three articles from from the one interview, um, which was like 9am in the morning. So I was up at seven, shitting a brick. Um, I know, I could smell it. Yeah. Um, every morning. Though. Very, wow. Uh, <laughs> I was nervous. Like, this was a big deal. So I was, I was nervous. And, um, you know, just before the interview, I was sent a link to the trailer so I could watch it. And so I got to see that three minute trailer, you know, a couple of days early or day early. And uh, from there was like, holy shit, this looks amazing. But like, what do I ask about it? Um, I'd obviously prepared questions already. So, yeah, it was an opportunity to ask more about the DLC, which I did. So I got more information. So everyone else kind of just saw the trailer and then was trying to interpret it and I got some new information from him directly, which was things about the size of it, the fact that this is the biggest expansion that From Software have ever made. Yeah, it's not really. I mean, it's DLC, but it's it's an expansion, really. Yeah, it's isn't an it? entire new story. Like it's a game yeah. in itself, basically. Is it? Do you think it's more akin to like the going back to The Witcher as always for some reason today? Um, the Blood and Wine expansion or the Cyberpunk yeah, or like one. Phantom Liberty. Um, from Cyber- yeah. yeah, it's that kind of level. Like, is what I get. Good. He basically said the size of the map is kind of around the same size as Limgrave, which is essentially the first of the sort of big areas that you're in mm-hmm. in Elden Ring. Um, he talked about the level design. So in the base game of Elden Ring, you've got your big open world, these huge field areas. Then you've got the legacy dungeons. So like Stormvale Castle and things like that. And then there are this sort of underground caverns and catacombs and these different levels. And what they've now tried to do is sort of integrate those things together a little bit more to sort of blur the boundaries. So it's not so obvious of, right, now I'm going into a dungeon, but it's like the dungeon area sort of spills a bit more into the open world. It's sort of how I've understood it from him. Um, and there's a swamp. There is a swamp. That and I, also, well, I'm pretty sure it's in the trailer. Because I've, yeah. I've now gone back and watched that trailer a lot of times. And there is a bit in it that looks distinctly like a swamp. So I think it might be that. And you said that that question that you asked about the poison swamp, you weren't going to ask? Well, it was kind of a jokey extra of like, oh, I'll ask about a poison. It's that thing you have an interview and there's there's a bunch of PRs on the call as well. And how many people it, were in it? Because you a lot. <laughs> um, and you're um, there's usually the thing from a PR where they're they're obviously timing it um, and they want to make sure they're keeping you to time so you're not just you know going off. So usually, you know, five minutes before the end, they're like, right, one more question, and that's usually the moment where you kind of don't want to. St- throw in a really lengthy question because you're like well they can't answer it they can't answer it in time so that that's pointless mm. so that's usually the moment to like throw in a quick extra so like with katasa a few weeks ago i was like so is tifa coming to tekken um and you just sort of throw in a little jokey one so I was you're like, welcome what wasn't the tifa one on my suggestion no i definitely came up with that um thank you <laughs> um so i was basically just like yeah so you love poison swamps will there be a poison swamp in this and he was like well actually yeah i gave a really like, really nice response i was like oh okay yeah, didn't he say like he didn't that. realize that that well, was his thing yeah he's realized like actually i really like making poison swamps i'm like i mean you do them in every game and people so. love to hate people love to hate them i think yeah exactly because it feels like yeah it feels right that there is one yeah but also fuck you with the yeah. pain in the ass um mm. so yeah and he talked about like there's over 10 bosses there's eight different like weapon categories yeah what the hell's that all about so there's obviously like weapon types in terms of like you know great sword or um different sword types or whatever else um and they've got new categories now they haven't said what they are but 
one i mean one of the things i've seen in in the trailer is like high flying punches and kicks which genuinely looks like tekken so i have a feeling there's some sort of like melee punching mm. fighter kind of weapon type maybe they've already got the what, switchblade haven't they I th- yeah i think there's something like that or th- i think Can you imagine if they added gauntlets or something but this is proper like tekken style fighting no i mean like if um, they add uh the weapon from bloodborne can you imagine the <laughs> yeah or there's there's another one that's like a crossbow that's firing fire bolts but really fast which looks like a machine gun almost um and i think um you also see at the end of the trailer the main character's fighting this boss guy who um they've said is called mesmer um who is the big bad of the expansion basically but the player character is sort of lunging at him with this huge, like, spiked shield thing, which makes me feel like shields aren't just for defense, but you can actually use it as a weapon now, maybe. Mm. So maybe that's one of the categories. Um, there's lots of speculation in the trailer. but So I got a few extra things from him which uh, on the trailer specifically, which was really nice to have some extra context. Um, also, I took the opportunity to just speak more generally about the Souls-like genre, because... You know, he he made Demon Souls and now has made the Dark Souls games and Bloodborne and Sekiro and Elden Ring. And people now call them Souls-likes and call everybody else's games that copy them Souls-likes. And I was like, well, what do you think of that? Like, did you anticipate that you were ever going to, you know, make a genre? Yeah. Um, and, you know, how do you feel about people basically copying your work? Um and he was saying, you know, Souls-like is a very vague term and people interpret it in different ways and there's no right or wrong way of doing that. And he sort of likes that other people are um, sort of also making these types of games. He, he, I think he said like peer collaboration, like peer-to-peer collaboration. Hmm. It was quite an interesting phrase. Um, so yeah, we had a really nice talk about that and about like difficulty and why that's important to him. Did you, is there going to be an easy mode in uh, the new Elden Ring? No. And sadly, there won't be any new accessibility options either. Because I asked him about accessibility. Because obviously a lot of people talk about accessibility and then they say, oh, yes, the game is more accessible. It's like, no, what you mean is it's approachable because it's open world and you can approach things in different ways. But it's not accessible for, you know, disabled hmm. players that might need that. But then you've got people that are playing it on like a dance mat with a, with the thumb and tapping Morse code and stuff like that. So Well, yeah, but they're modding that in. So, you know, that's not part of the game options itself. So they're not adding any new accessibility options, yeah. which I think is a shame because people have been calling for that. Um, so, yeah, so I, I took the opportunity to do that. So I had that as a longer interview piece. Um, so that's also on um, on Eurogamer. And then I just had to ask about Bloodborne. I mean, if you've got an opportunity to speak to Miyazaki, you can't not say what are you doing about Bloodborne. <laughs> And I knew that he was never going to say, yes, we are making a remaster or a remake. Like, he's not going to tell me that, a lowly journalist. You know, they're going to want that, you know, announcement themselves. Um, which is why he said, you know, I'm really sorry we can't announce anything today. Mm-hmm. I was like, wasn't expecting it, but no. thanks for acknowledging so, yeah, so, that. So why did you ask uh, Miyazaki about a remake or a, yeah, a remake rather than like, a, or a remaster rather than a 60 FPS patch? I mean, I, I, I used the word remake, but my intention was essentially just that as a catch-all term for remaster, re-release, remake. Like, what are you doing with this game, basically? Mm. Um, and, you know, he, I asked, you know, why do you think people 
love it so much and you know are you are you surprised at that and you know he was saying how they also love the game and they're really happy that all these people are so passionate about it which i'm hopeful means that they recognize that and that they will do something he's not going to announce it to me but hopefully he'll mm. do something um and then actually it was my boss that that suggested the extra follow-up question around sort of hardware because we've already had a remake of demon souls which went from ps3 to ps5 which had a really big jump in graphics yeah i still think demon souls on ps5 is one of the best looking games on that system i know some people talk about the art style being changed and you know sort of preferring the original which is completely valid but i think just from a technical point of view like demon souls looks incredible on ps5 um so there's a big generational leap there in terms of making that remake but with bloodborne on ps4 if you now put that on ps5 yes people want the 60 fps but is that enough of a generational leap to make it worthwhile and he did talk about you know yes that's one thing in terms of being able to do things you couldn't do on previous consoles mm. but also it's an accessibility thing in terms of providing access to the game and if it's on a new console you're just you know allowing a new audience to also see that game which is another reason for doing it so i don't know i this is this is me speculating massively and based on what he said but you know, I think they might be considering something. I think they have to be considering yeah. how many people are interested in it, how many people are desperate for it to happen. I think they just need, I guess, the right time to do that. Do you think it would be, some people have been talking about, like, are they going to end up remastering or bring it out as like a PS5 Pro or a PS6 launch title if they remake it a bit like how Demon's Souls was a, a launch title for the PS5? Great. Do you think, do you, well, do you get that impression? I, d I have zero impression in terms of what they're thinking. I just think that they are thinking about mm. something. Uh, I could not tell you what, but I, I, I would like to think that they're thinking of something. Yeah. Um, just because there's there's so many calls for it. Um, either way, I'll buy it and play it again. It's a brilliant game. <laughs> but imagine if so, they announced Bloodborne 2 and it was like, yeah, we're also dropping a free 60 FPS patch. <laughs> I mean, that's the dream. Yeah. That is the dream um brilliant yeah so it was it was a very quick turnaround you know i spoke to him at 9 a.m and and this was while you were writing the rebirth review well i literally monday night finished rebirth tuesday morning woke up early with rebirth in my head and Elden ring in my head 9 a.m interview spent the rest of tuesday writing three articles a big long interview got those wrapped up and then tuesday night wrote the review for rebirth or at least started it wednesday wrote some more then rewrote it up until midnight wednesday and then this morning woke up early because i was panicking about it read over it again thought well, maybe it's all right <laughs> maybe i'm happy with it yeah i said to you i was like i just go to bed and look at it with fresh eyes in the morning and then you didn't oh, oh good. so you did read it again in the morning yeah i, was I think like, i made a couple great. of tweaks but i was like do you know what i think it's all right <laughs> It's a very, then, very good review. And then, um, yeah, and then it turned out that it was all right. So I was quite happy with it. Brilliant. Wow. Well, I hope you get so, some yeah, time off. Week. Yeah. I say it's been a week and it's like gone, gone 10 o'clock at night here and we're recording yeah. this. So I apologize. I, mean, I am for... generally desperate to just go back to Rebirth and keep playing it. Like well, it's... let's move on quickly. Um, I mean, games we've been playing. I mean, I, guess I mean, that's it's been Rebirth. Like that was it. Yeah. <laughs> I've, I'll be very, very quick. I've finished um, Endwalker. 
in Final Fantasy XIV. Congratulations. Thank you very much. I haven't done the patches yet, or though I've started them, but I can't progress because I haven't got high enough gear to do the first dungeon. Um, sometimes. Oh yeah, it is sometimes, but it's, you know, it'll it'll do. It'll be fine. Um, Yeah, it's, it's good. I don't think it's anywhere near as good as Shadowbringers. I know people say, you know, Endwalker's as good, if not better than Shadowbringers. Say, that's, that's a controversial opinion. Uh, it's not. It Like, you're talking about pacing issues with seven rebirth and this is like beyond that there are moments where it's like you have to go to the moon as you know mm -hmm. you see it on the trailer but there are moments in there where i've mentioned this before um where you're kind of just walking around for like three or four hours talking to various npcs or tailing somebody that for some reason they added those luckily the last one was about halfway through the expansion i think they were like, well, actually, people probably don't like these. Let's not do them anymore. Like mm. tailing missions. Um, and they were and like without any battles or anything like that for, yeah, three or so hours. And yeah, it might be after a big fight. But yeah, if you want a big fight, you, I don't necessarily need three hours of just text, especially when most of it is, well, nearly all of it isn't voiced. Mm. So I'm there like reading it, falling asleep. Um, it just has, yeah, it really suffers from maybe pacing differences and the end of it is fantastic i think the ending of the expansion like the last uh four or five hours of it is really really good um but like i said it, you go from like one of the best things about um final fantasy 14 like one of the highlights of the dungeons and the trials which are mm -hmm. the big boss fights um like that kind of stuff is brilliant like it's done really well the story I, it's going to be controversial, but I don't really care about the story that much. Um, Shadowbringers, I thought was great because it felt like its own kind of separate story. It's Yeah, it's quite self-contained. It is. Whereas, and I think, and to be honest, like starting the patches after Endwalker, because when Endwalker finishes, that is fully it. It's mm. not like the end of Shadowbringers where it kind of peters out and then it finishes and then it kind of can slides onto the next bit, but it's also interconnected and... There's bits of Shadowbringers in Endwalker, like there's things that they talk about. This feels like the end of Endwalker, boom, that's it. Door closed, that's it. And it's a completely new experience, which makes it, me think that it would be really great for if they're making kind of a new, a second entry point into the game. So if you play, you can maybe, let's say the Light versus Dark, I think it's called is the Zodiac or the Hydaelyn yep. story. That is its own thing and you can go and do that as like a legacy thing whatever and then but you can actually start from Endwalker uh, from um, Dawn, Trail. Dawn Trail if you want so I wonder if that would be because you don't really need to know uh, what's happened before uh, in these patches it feels very 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 separate like I haven't I haven't played Endwalker yet but I wonder if because it's tied up that storyline, are they sort of a bit hampered with, we've had all of this other stuff that we need to find a way of wrapping it up. And now maybe with Dawn Trail, they're a bit freer to go and do something completely different. I think that's what they're going to do. And I, I feel like, and I think Yoshi P's mentioned it before, talking about a second entry point into the game. And I think this will be a good one. Um, and like, they've given me an encyclopedia. And when I start talking to people, it fills up their kind of lore details about them. Mm -hmm. So I'm like, well, if I just did this as a new player, then I could be playing. And when I talk to somebody, they give me their entire backstory, which just, yeah, it definitely feels as though you, they could do that. Mm. Um, but like I was saying, they, the best things in this game are less about the story, more about like the battles and the way that they do their dungeons and their boss fights. I mean, we talk about Souls games and having very unique and impressive boss fights. I think the same with 14, like the, the amount... Because whenever I play a dungeon, I always 
look um, at a because I play I don't play with people I play with NPCs the first time I do it but before I go into a boss fight I'll look at a guide and it'll tell me like their attacks so I can look out for them it actually makes me quite excited because I'm reading them going like oh that sounds quite cool oh that seems cool and it keeps in my head and then I see it happening mm. and I'm like oh I need to go and stand over here or I need to dodge. I know what's what's coming or I know what I need to look out for and it's still challenging I still like might fail because you don't know exactly how it's going to be done but like every boss fight does feel very unique with special abilities. And those are really fun. And the boss fights, the big, big, big boss fights that are kind of a separate thing are also incredibly intricate and, and quite cool. Although I do those with others because they can res me. Mm. Um, but I'm like, yeah, it's like, for example, you'll just do a really long story bit. And then all of a sudden, like at the end of um, Endwalker, no, no spoilers, but it's a dungeon and then a trial like a big boss immediately after the one and that's that happens twice in the last few parts of the game and then there's also like another battle immediately afterwards and i'm like this is fantastic but it's just like all being concentrated at the end which makes sense because it's the end of the story so you want these yeah, boss yeah. fights but it just yeah the the pacing and i know they want like these big boss fights to feel even more special when you're kind of a bit more chilled afterwards but i don't need three hours of walking around i'm happy to do you know a few like chilled bits maybe for an hour or so but mm. it's just there are so many moments that i just find a bit dull when i'm sticking to the main story and i'd be quite happy for them to just yeah to not have that because that's just when i put it down and come back to it later just as a sort of final point on final fantasy i think it would be really interesting just to sort of understand more about how square enix works and about how its business units work because i wonder how much sort of cross whatever there is between the team working on seven remake mm -hmm. and the team working on and cb3 who work on 14 and 16 yeah because i think 16 was the next big well i i feel like 14 almost has a separate audience to the rest of the series because it's people who like mmos and have loved that world and obviously there's a lot of people that love both of course um but i feel like there are a lot of people that have maybe grown up or have more recently got into the single player Final Fantasy games, haven't played the MMOs. Mm -hmm. And so then when they played 16, expect that to sort of lead off from the others. And a lot of the criticisms of 16 were things about pacing, about fetch quests, about mm -hmm. sort of lulls in the story that sort of dragged on a bit too much. And I'm like, have none of you played 14? Mm. Because that's exactly what 14 is. And maybe because I played 14, I was a bit more forgiving of that in 16. Mm. Um, but there's i think there's a lot of similarity between 14 and 16 which you'd expect because it's the same team yeah um but then that doesn't always apply to seven but then i think that actually 16 does great things that seven doesn't do so mm. like it's it's interesting i'm just i'm spitballing but it's, i just think it'd be interesting to, to know more about how they all work with one another it'd be interesting as well to see what it's like with other mmos if they have like big lulls in the story before fights and i know that you're not going to have a dungeon after a dungeon is after that a dungeon. an mmo thing maybe but i know you're not going to have dungeon after dungeon after dungeon it's just the story is very it's just the most obvious if i can see something is obvious then it's obvious like it's the very 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 most <laughs> don't be so harsh on this obvious thing no like I, I quite like i so i go into games i go into films and stuff like that i don't want to guess the ending i'm the opposite of you I'm not, because we're watching Frasier and every time you're like, well, this is going to happen. I'm like, it's literally a sitcom, Ed. There, <laughs> there are traits 
of course that it's quite obvious what's going to happen the funny thing the thing that makes it entertaining is how that happens and and stuff like that we're not trying to guess the end but i'm somebody that likes to go into films and games kind of not even thinking about what's to come so that i'll be nice well like so i'll be surprised everyone else will be like oh that was obvious but i'll be like oh wow that was really cool and i i enjoy that so when something i'll be playing 14 and I'm like, well, it's very, very obvious you're A, trying to kind of make me explore this entire vast area because you're impressed that you've made it or something and like you want me to go over here and then you want me to go over there and you want me to go over here. But it's like I have been battling people. I've been battling gods and summoning and doing all this kind of stuff and you wanting me to go collect apples in uh, in this giant hangar um, and, and like go and get six different types from these different tree areas it's i'm like okay i know you're just trying to pad and mm. i know if you don't have these then the story might be quite short and you know you don't want that because you want people to to take their time and, and enjoy it but i just like can you make it a bit more interesting yeah <laughs> there's a bit all i'm gonna say without spoiling it there is a bit i'll just say elpis which everybody that's played 14 will know that is very very story heavy and you don't really do any battles at all for three or so hours, but it was really interesting. And there's lots of lore and it's lots, and it's really fascinating the situation that you're in, um, in similar to Shadowbringers. But it's, and, and I understood that, but there are just some bits where it's really obvious mm. um, that it's just, yeah. If they make it more interesting, I don't mind doing less like battles, I suppose. Just make it a bit more interesting. Well, I've got that to come. Although, yeah, because... like I said, I've just started the patches afterwards and it's brand, brand new. And I love that because it's like, I'm going to spoil. I'm not going to spoil. It's just the story. Like I'm do on a treasure hunt. And it's like, wow, it's just a completely new story. Hey, we've heard about some treasure. Should we go and discover it? That's just a fun kind of, you don't need to, it's not ridiculously deep. And I mean, I won't, get into, into Endwalker, you'll find it absolutely ridiculous. It's kind of end game JRPG oh, good. stuff. I look forward to that. Um, I'm missing but, the name. But getting some quite just, oh, let's go on a treasure hunt. I quite like that. Because it's still quite interesting and there's mm. some very good comedy in it. Which I think 14 does as well. Yeah. Right, well, we've whistled on about Final Fantasy enough. Oh yeah, because next week I'm going to be talking to you a lot about Lego Fortnite. Look forward to that. Wow, I mean, that's something different. Yeah, I've got back into Fortnite and it's... I didn't realise Lego Fortnite was so good. Anyway, I'll talk about that next week. There we go. Right, well, let's find out what everyone else has been playing, which I don't know if you're all trolling us because we moaned the other week of you're writing too much. But now, you're all writing too much. <laughs> <laughs> but we're, we're very, very grateful that you're writing to us. Yes, please do. Please don't stop. Yeah. Um, but yeah, you, there's no need for essays. <laughs> um as much as it's it's always nice to read um jackie b i've gotten back into pokemon go recently and i've been spending a lot of time doing that lately it's been a crummy winter for doing most of the things that i enjoy doing during the winter so i figured getting back into pokemon would be a good way to stay active i'm having fun with it and enjoy the new roots features they added the new roots feature that they added uh where you go on little adventures following mapped out paths from one pokestop to another and collect things along the way yeah that was added quite recently i think mm. and i think you can make your own routes for then other people to follow Ooh, I like that. quite nice. As long as it's not a route to like your dogging. front door or a dogging site or yeah. something. Or if you're, yeah, past your 
window so you can just photograph people on their phones walking past. Yeah, that'd be weird. Be careful, be careful out there. Don't follow people's routes. No. <laughs> <laughs> Where uh, would you lead people? Where would you, what route would you design? To a dark bush. You'd go around all, all the gay saunas <laughs> of Soho and get the people to just hang around them. No, I absolutely would not do that. <laughs> I'd be like, here's a lovely view. Would you like to take a picture? Of the Soho, of the sauna. Of the bush. Oh. Um, yeah, Clapham Common. <laughs> get them to go around Clapham Common. Very different kind of bush. Yeah, just go Clapham Common. You've got to do like, yeah, do it really intricate detail thing. And I think if you're in Clapham Common for more than half an hour, people, you're up to something. Maybe, yeah. Uh, anyway, Yamano has been playing more of The Sims 4. Got the newest expansion for rent for an early birthday present. It lets you make rentable residential areas, be it like townhouses, condos, rooms, or apartments. It's interesting and a little weird to get the hang of it at first. I have a bunch of apartment buildings I've made in my gallery profile, and now I can actually put them to use. So you get to be a landlord. You have to play a Sim household as your. You have to have a played Sim household as your landlord. Oh. Um, which you do so by having them purchase a residential lot. And then you can put either random townies into these apartments or even make uh, another household and play as that household's living there. Uh, you charge rent, set rules, like you have to be quiet after 10 p.m. until 6. And there's also things like no pets allowed. Why would you do that? It's illegal here in the UK now. Uh, you set up what, what rooms belong to each unit. I mean, this is very in-depth. Uh, there are some limitations. However, you can't exceed eight units per lot, etc., uh, etc. Et uh, and you have to go into a loading screen when traveling between units. But that's the help. Well, that sounds interesting. Uh, it helps battle any stress on your GPU. Oh, okay. I'm so going to technical bits now. Yeah. Malathos says, I am playing two games right now, both of which are ones that I want to play, and I've had no time. Uh, Grand Blue Fantasy Relink. Ah, uh, I really want to play that. I just heard such good things about it, but I'm playing too many RPGs right now same there's too many RPGs and Persona 3 Hmm. uh, which is a fun game but I think it's strength for me is in the multiplayer aspects Um, I didn't realise it had oh maybe that's Grand Blue Hmm. Uh, the game has a single player (laughs) narrative which is very anime yeah I think this is Grand Blue Uh, but they have these quests to hunt down big baddies and you can team up with friends to go fight them picking different characters the combat is fun the art and design is bright and colourful it's not my favourite thing I've played so far this year I will probably bounce off it pretty quick for 7 Rebirth yeah, now Would I want to recommend. know. Yeah, now Would I want to recommend. know. What's your favorite thing so far this year that's not Rebirth? That's not Rebirth? Mm. Oh, God, I haven't really played anything new this Prince year. Prince of Persia? Though. Probably, yeah. Mm. Well, do you think Rebirth could be your game of the year? Oh, I mean, we're back on Final Fantasy again. I, I, I have a feeling that, it, like, on the one hand, I can see it's laws and it's not a perfect game and i'm like you'll go for maybe other games will be not necessarily maybe another game will come along that's just really exciting and really original um and just a sort of really complete experience but i can't stop thinking about rebirth i'm really excited to play it and i sort of feel like my heart is in it more which i love debs i've recently recently been playing panorama which in some ways is very much like Dwarf Romantic uh, in the way it looks, but it plays a little differently. There are also certain biomes you can keep together, but after placing down X number of tiles each level, you get a bonus card, and that is usually some type of special building which also helps to expand and grow your map. It's been quite fun and challenging. The main goal to win the game is place down all the buildings in the world, which I have not come very close to yet. Sounds mm. like fun if you yeah. get to that. 
That just yeah reminded me of. I think I, did I speak about Viewfinder last time? I think you did. Yes. Yeah. Play it, people. It's great. Right, Mr. Wibble. Okay. So think just briefly. Mr. Wibble has given us a thesis. Give us a TLDR. Um, I've been playing some more Prince of Persia: The Lost Crown. Um, it takes a bit of time to remember the controls, um, but it's pretty easy to pick them back up again because he hasn't been playing for a while. Um, it really does bring back memories and experiences of the OG Prince of Persia, including some of the seemingly impossible sections where a chain of double jumps, aerial dashes and wall jumps transports me to sections of the map I never thought I'd get to. I was but a glint in the postman's eye uh, when the first Prince of Persia came out. I bet. I've also begun to appreciate the flow and structure for the boss fights, each of which so far requires a bit of a different approach and none of which seem to be excessively punishing on the warrior difficulty setting. I'm not sure what level that is. Uh, it does help if you remember the abilities you have and if you upgrade some of your gear. Um, also, playing in exploration mode means uh, you do have to backtrack now and again. Oh, yeah, because that doesn't tell you where to go. Um, mm. The game does let me change that on the fly. Um, but there you go. Um, I've also been playing Against the Storm, which is on Game Pass. It's a roguelike, roguelite city builder. Uh, in this game, you're supposed to rebuild civilization in a world ravaged by the Blightstorm through building villages which support the central smoldering city with resources and goods. Um, completing a task will reduce uh, your Scorched Queen's impatience and grant you reputation, which means you have more time to build the settlement and complete more tasks. Um, it's not necessarily a fast-paced game, and it requires some strategic thinking, but great fun to play if you're into city building with a twist. Hashtag words. Mm, so many of them. A lot of words. And then we have Pancake, who's also given us a thesis. Um, TLDR. Firstly, Sims 4. Uh, they've been playing or trying the 100 baby challenge, which is largely self-explanatory, but you have one Sim that's able to get pregnant and you try to have and raise 100 babies. But if your partner gets old and, or leaves, and like, how do you... Do you well, have to I bring in multiple partners? Do you, or maybe you die? Do you have to... There are stipulations for when you can age up the children, largely based on skills and grades, and you can only get pregnant from an individual sim once. You can't hire a nanny or leave the house wait, aside so got... for searching for a new sim to woohoo. Wait, do you have to... Wait. Oh, okay. You don't wait for the kids to grow into adults. And oh, then... so hang on. If the original sim gets too old to have babies, the family line passes to the youngest sim in the family that is able to get pregnant. Yeah. Is there um, any incest in this? I mean, I think there probably would be. Um, <laughs> so far, I have five kids, and while one is an adult, I'm keeping him around as long as possible to help raise the others. It's a challenge for sure, and much harder now that there is a whole new infant life stage to play through. This, to me, is like Sims Nuzlocks, or yeah. like the equivalent of, which I didn't realize was a thing. And now I'm like, oh yeah, is this a big thing in The Sims? Yeah, yeah, they do. do lots of people do these hundred baby challenge. There's there are loads of challenges in The Sims. Wow. Rags to riches. I think that's just like the general one. But I need to go and look this up. Yeah. This generally seems quite interesting. Um, I also played Kind Words for the first time last week. Lesser game, more of an uplifting letter writing platform. You send out a request for kind words about something you're struggling with. Oh, I think I've seen um, this. Send letters to others based on their own requests or send out kind messages to anyone currently playing. Yeah, I it's a was, multiplayer. It was yeah, on was Steam this, Fest. Maybe? Yeah, I feel like Victoria might have played this at work. Um, it's all done with real people, and while there are message reporting options, I haven't needed to use them. There's no real storyline to follow, but you can collect stickers attached to the letters and decorate your virtual room. Mm, that's quite nice. And lastly, we have Gary, who says, played Stardew Valley. Was nice. 
Brilliant. I think on balance, every that was a good length. Uh, everyone was he, Gary balanced everybody out there. Yes. And Stardew Valley is a good game, and you should play it more. Maybe that should be a game I chill with. I really need to play Stardew Valley. Yeah. Who do you date? All of them. Okay. I think you can. Maybe it's a mod. <laughs> Polygamy mod. Well, so I bought it on Steam. I got it on everything. Well, yes. Yeah, so I got I it bought, on phone. I bought it on Steam, which I've played a bit with you, but only briefly. And I thought, you know what? This feels like a handheld game. I really want to get it on Switch. But now you've got a Steam Deck. So I'm like... Maybe I'll just play it on the Steam Deck. If I'm not I've using it. it. I've been go. using no, I've been using my portal lately. <laughs> so have you? You played a bit of Final Fantasy on it, didn't you? Oh, I did. A bit of a bit of remake. Mm. But well, the spoiler, What do you think to it? What or the portal? Yeah. Really nice actually. It's um You get used to it quite quickly, don't you? Yeah, it's not like super heavy, but I feel like the way that I was holding it, it hurt my left hand a lot more than my right. Well your right hand is a lot stronger. That's true, but I feel like because I'm using the left hand for the stick, I need more control. Whereas the right hand to. is just buttons. So just, I don't know, the weight of it. After a while, I was like, okay, this is a bit heavy to hold. Yeah. Um, but the screen's really nice. And it it ran, ran pretty smoothly, actually, mm. which was which was decent. Yeah. Mm. Mm. Nice bit of kit. Um, yeah, I mean, spoiler for next, but I'm going to play more Rebirth. But I also have Ultros. The vagina game. The vagina, the, the uterus game. Okay. Uh, which I think is going to be a nice little portal game. So I think I might play on that. Brilliant. Please do. I can use the TV for the first time in like three months. You're welcome. <laughs> right. Let's just quick rundown of the news. That was the news, wasn't it? Oh, wait, we've got the Nintendo stuff. Well, the, well in terms of news, we've obviously talked about Elden Ring. Um, we didn't say the release date, which is June 21st. Just before my birthday. A week before TwitchCon. Well, I'm afraid I'll be busy. Um, so wait, We're going to see Troy Sivan. Oh, that's true. And then TwitchCon. Oh, that's true. And also, there's something else. When's sure. um? Wasn't there another pub singer that we have to see? Um. No. You tell me. No, there isn't. Luther at some point. I hope it's the first of June. Oh. Um, Romeo and Juliet. Obviously, Romeo and Juliet with Tom Holland on the 14th of May. So plenty before. Oh, loads of time. Anyway, that's a lot of time for Elden Ring. Oh, Taylor so Swift is the 9th of July. We should probably get our uh, things booked. We should do that. Um, so, yes. Yeah, so, yeah. Elden Ring, um, Shadow of the Earth Tree, June 21st on all platforms. It is 35 quid, which is quite a bit for an expansion. Mm. But I think people will pay it because they love Elden Ring. Um, and also that that expansion is the first digital only DLC from FromSoft. Mm. So previously with like Dark Souls and Bloodborne, you could buy a complete edition on disc. And it had the DLC on the disc as part of it. You can now buy a Shadow of the Earth Tree edition, or you will be able to buy a Shadow of the Earth Tree edition of Elden Ring. But the disc of that is only available on PS5 and Xbox Series X and S, even though the DLC is also on PS4 and Xbox One. Mm. And the disc is still just the base game. And then you have to download the DLC separately. And it's the first time they've done that. So... Just to be aware. So that game will be, so that expansion will be unplayable once all servers go down in like the distant future. I mean, sure. Mm. And yeah, I guess you'll need, you'll need some extra disk space for that. Speaking of disk, oh, also before I go on to the next bit, um, Elden Ring, I believe is probably going to be a future Let's Play. Um, after Rebirth, that. I think it'll be a great one. After Rebirth, there'll be a definitely a short game and then probably Elden Ring. 
I'm down for it. Good. I, I'm glad. I need to finish it, and this would actually force me to get through a fair bit. Well, I mean, on a similar line, I, as promised, I'm going to be playing Sekiro on stream. Mm. And Great game. I, I am actually really excited to get back into it now that Elden Ring's in my head. I mean, I want to replay Elden Ring, of course, but... Because of course I do, but uh, yeah, I'm actually quite excited to play Sekiro. Anyway, we'll go, um, I, the other thing I was going to say was related to Xbox, so let's talk about that. Sure, because some games are coming to other consoles. Yes, which I think we did talk about last time, um, or at least it was rumored. And then they had this podcast where they announced that four games would be coming to other consoles. Oh, it was a waste of time. It was the worst podcast. It, it was a podcast worst about nothing. It was no news. Like, it, it, it just non-news. Wow. Like, it wow, didn't Ed. need to be a podcast. Like, well, all they said... talking about us? No. I'm talking about them. There's no news. Um, it could have been an email. It could have been an email. It could have been a press release. Mm. It's essentially four games that they are now releasing on other consoles. They didn't want to say what they were, but it was really fucking obvious. It's um, weird though, because the other, the two of them were announced obviously in the Nintendo Direct, but the other two were just randomly dropped as press releases. So it's like, why? Yeah, and and I think like the reason Phil Spencer said that in the podcast of we won't say now is because they wanted those developers to announce it, and then they sort of haven't. <laughs> So that was all about Yeah, weird. one kind of got leaked. Two of them I mean, just... they all got leaked. Yeah, no, but one of them got leaked and then, like, announced. Didn't yeah. Oh. So anyway, the four games are Grounded, uh, Sea of Thieves, Pentiment, and Hi-Fi Rush. And on Nintendo, it will be... Oh, so, well, they announced... So that, some... Well, that's what Xbox basically announced and said. Um, and that was, that was last week. And then yesterday two days ago when you're listening to this we had the nintendo direct which was a partner showcase so not nintendo games was but all third party games it was it's been it's been a it's long been week. A week um all sort of third party games honestly there wasn't a huge amount in it that mm. is super exciting we are definitely at the end of the switch life cycle um so there are some nice games on there there's um a new super monkey ball game coming which some people are interested like, in. I understand there are people that like those that like that game, like that direct, and I think there are some interesting things on there that you know some special fans will like. But overall, it just felt so like nothing appealed to me. Yeah, and it kind of is annoying when nothing appeals to you because you like it'd be quite easy for my interest to be slightly different and me to love everything on there because I don't think there were anything. There wasn't. It wasn't terrible. It was just none of it. Unfortunately, well, appealed to me. It's third. Like I said, it was it was for third parties, so it's not Nintendo's temple things. But even then, there's usually like Square Enix are releasing a big yeah. RPG or something well, like that. Th that's what I thought. Every time I saw a name that was like big, it was either a sequel or a remaster. Like I saw Atlas, I was like, oh, Atlas. And it was the Shin Megami Tensei, Tensei Yeah, which v is a re-release. And yeah. Um, or they, Atlas are also publishing... Um, the new Vanillaware game, Unicorn Overlord. Yeah. Oh, that, um, the, oh the demo dropped. And there's a demo for that as well. I should have played that. Actually, I that was one. I actually the... do really want to play that. But there was another, there was another um, publisher as there's... well that popped up and I was like, oh, yep, yeah, it's uh, it's just a, a remake. So it's Monster, that's probably Monster Hunter Stories. Yeah. Which was the Nintendo DS game and now they're remastering it for the Switch. Yeah. Um, so yeah, just things like that. So it wasn't the most exciting. Um, but as part of that, they announced at the very beginning that Grounded is coming to Switch. Barely. Um, and that will be on the 16th of April. Do you see what it looked like? With online cross-platform multiplayer. 
Can you see what it looked like? I mean, it's obviously a downgrade from Xbox, <laughs> yeah. but, you know, they've got it working. Um, at the very end Pentiment well, will be great on it, though. At the very end, they had a montage of multiple games, uh, which included Pentiment. And I'm surprised that they didn't make a bigger deal of that with it being Xbox, but there we go. They were like, this is Nintendo, fuck you. Yeah, yeah just, here's this extra game. But yeah. I think Pentiment is exactly the type of game that will work well on Switch. Um, Hi-Fi Rush has then since been announced for PS5, which is not surprising, but also surprising it's not coming to Switch because there were rumors it would be. Is it only PS5? And, well, they haven't announced a Switch um, version mm. of it. But what leaked were some T-shirts in the game with Switch logos on. So people are like, mm. or at least something around the Switch. So people are like, oh, it must be coming to Switch. Now, does that mean that it's not, um, it doesn't work very well on the original Switch? Mm. Have they changed their mind? Is it actually coming to Switch 2, but they're just holding it back? We don't know. Um, but there we go. If you haven't played Hyper Rush, go play it on mm. PS5. But also, it's great. Um, didn't they also, didn't it also leak that Sea of Thieves is coming to PS5 as well? Uh, probably, yeah. You know, that, that, that was news. Do you not read that news? I've had other things this week. Well, that was announced, but <laughs> I can't remember if it was Sea of Thieves or Hi-Fi Rush. I think it might have been Sea of Thieves that's having a limited run physical edition, which didn't even exist on Xbox. Um, Hi-Fi Rush is and Pentiment. They're both limited. Yeah, it's limited run games. They're doing both of those. Yeah. Uh, I thought it was... Let me see. Yeah, Pentiment. Sorry, it was Pentiment, not... Pentiment and, and Hi-Fi Rush. So not Sea of Thieves. Which I, maybe Sea of Thieves already has a physical... Maybe on Xbox. Yeah, I don't know. I haven't... Maybe. But that's quite interesting that they're getting physicals. So, yeah. Getting physical. Um, now, you've been playing very briefly a little game this week, um, which now has Lady Gaga in it. Fortnite? Yes. Fortnite. What is Fortnite? Well, now she's learned how to spell it. Yeah, and I've got it. I've already got it. I've got the pack. So what's in the pack? It is a character skin, so you can look like Lady Gaga. Um, there is a jam track. Don't ask me. Uh, there's also an emote for Rain On Me. Uh, the best song for Beat Saber. Yes, I agree. And then there are two instruments. There's a microphone and a guitar. Don't ask. Don't ask. I don't know how to do them or what to do with them because last time I played Fortnite, they didn't have fucking musical instruments. They had a pickaxe, a backpack, a paraglider, and an outfit. So, well, are they? So, are they used in the main battle royale mode? Apparently, or they are. Is this exclusive to the festival music mode? No, you can do both. Apparently, oh. that's what it says. It's like available in, yeah, the, for those extra items. It was like available in battle royale and festival. So does this mean that we can pair up as a duo and you can be Lady Gaga and I can be Ariana Grande and then we can just yeah, do Rain On Me yeah. in real life? But also, do you know the good thing about the skin? There's a Lego version. So you can literally have Lady Gaga as a Lego character. <laughs> what the fuck? So it's it's Fortnite quite something. Is so stupid. It's actually, but it's like, just, it's such good quality which is a bit yeah that's the weird thing like the lady uh, the lady the lego um fortnite i'm going to talk about it next week because i've only played the very beginning of it but it's like this is really good this is really really polished and i've heard that like it runs out of stuff quite quickly but so far like it's just it's just really well polished nice and uh yeah and 
Well, what I also really like about it, I know I'm going to go on it, off on it for a little moment. You you create your server, and it's not like Minecraft where you have to pay extra. I think they also have like realms and stuff that you can get going. But I quite like that you've got like eight save slots to make a server. You can choose immediately whether you do the survival mode or sandbox. But you can also do it multiplayer so people can join you. However, you can give eight keys to people. So you play on your server, but if you've given a key to somebody, they can just go on whenever and they can do their own thing. So you don't yeah. even need to be online, um, which I really like. And I bet that's great for like if there's some, you know, children or something or whatever they want to play and the the parents can do a bit and then the kid can just go on whenever they want. And they, it's like the same world, but you don't have to have one person logged in and hosting, which I, I thought that was really cool. Nice. Nice. Um, two other quick bits of news um, on top of that. Actually, three quick bits. Um, firstly, Dubada, Dead by Daylight. Um, the next chapter, just, I know a lot of uh, community members. Oh, we are LGBT, it. I suppose. We are. Um, so, yes, there is a new chapter coming on the 12th of March called All Things Wicked, which has a new killer called... Wicked, as in... No one mourns the wicked! I was thinking of the green lady. Yeah, that. Oh, is that? Wow. Is that... Was that not obvious from my singing? No, I don't know the songs. I thought you'd sing popular. Well, no, no one mourns the wicked is literally the opening number where they go, wicked. I think I was finishing my wine. Yeah, probably. Uh, downing it. So, <laughs> yes, all things wicked. Didn't help. 12th of March. Um, the unknown is the new killer. Uh, which we is don't know yet. weird. So this is an original chapter. It's not based on an IP, so it's them doing another of their own making. It's this weird kind of creepy thing. They had this teaser of of a sort of hand cam uh, style horror thing of someone in a tent and this weird thing comes out of them. It was terrifying. Uh, a new survivor is called Sable Ward. Um, and there's also going to be a new map called Greenville Square. So there we go. Uh, on top of that as well, they now have a um, an Iron Maiden pack. So you can wear costumes based on Eddie, who is not Lady Gaga, is it? I mean, no, they need to get Lady Gaga in. Divider. I think it would be just as possible. The like, gays would love it. It would. Yeah. I've seen straight people play DVD and it's quite toxic. I didn't realize yeah, it, it can be. Mm. Um, another it's quick not just one. drag queens that play that game. Surprisingly enough. Yeah. Unlike what Twitch would suggest and i'm happy for them to keep suggesting that yes um a quick one on sony um so they had a blog post about some vr games <gasps> coming this is the big news well, this is go. the big big news let's talk about and this sony is testing psvr2 compatibility with pc which is just genius it's genius if you can get a psvr2 working fine with a pc let's say it's got compatibility with steam and you're able to play all your steam vr games with your PSVR 2, that game, I, I can imagine like, I don't know anything about the numbers, but they could like double their user base. Like genuinely people are, because then they're going to be like, oh, what uh, headset shall I get? Do I get Apple? No, because I'm not a millionaire and a pillock. Do I get the HTC ones or whatever? But like, oh, they just work with PC and some of them are really expensive. This is what, 500 pounds was it? Probably less now. I think it's had a price drop maybe. I don't know about that, but it is pricey. Yeah. yeah, it is pricey, but it's like this works with this will work with PS5, it'll work with PC, it'll be incredibly comfortable. It it'll be the one that people go to. I feel like this if they do make do make it so that it works with PC, 
there's my dinner. It was very nice though. You're welcome. Um, like if they do make it so that it's, it works with PC, that's going to be like the go-to VR headset. I feel. I mean, it's, it's so comfortable. And it's, it's a great, great. It's a great bit of kit. It's very comfortable. It works really well. Really good technology in it. I think the problem with PSVR two is that there just aren't enough games to play on it. Where this completely and, gets rid of that issue. Yeah, and I and I I don't know if that's because Sony themselves aren't on making enough themselves, or they're not pushing it, or they can't get others to get on board with it, and they therefore have this stock of headset hardware that they can't get rid of. But if they can make it compatible with PC, where there are PC VR games, that immediately opens up like the mm. the user base from to sell more headsets. Yeah. And then once that brings in more money, they can invest more into actual games for PlayStation. And, and maybe they can port, back around. port some of those VR games onto Steam as well. Well, that or could does that finally mean that you can play Half-Life Alex with a PSVR 2 headset? I feel like I should play the first Half-Lives before I play that. I mean, that. you should. Yes. I think it's a prequel, isn't it? Um, well, it is a prequel, but... Yeah, that I just think that's genius. I think it's a really, really good idea. It'll benefit. Like, there's no downside for them. Mm. I think like if they make it available on PC, anybody that's got a PSVR, they're gonna. I mean, it's gathering dust behind your Zelda thing over there. That would get more use. <laughs> yeah, I need to crack it out again because I actually really enjoyed it. And it's really com really comfortable. I need to play some more Beat Saber. I bought so much, so many packs in Beat Saber. I really need to yes. get some use out of it, and also it'd be keep me a bit healthy. Yes, I'll get same. me healthy. I need to. Do, I'll do some of that this weekend. That we keep forgetting as that was because I'm like, oh, I need to do some exercise, but the gym is yeah, big saber, perfect. Mm. Right, the last bit of news is more just a heads up that uh, next Tuesday is the 27th of February. Well done. And there is a Pokemon presents because it's Pokemon Day. Mm. So every year, uh, Pokemon Day, they will basically lay out what's coming for the rest of the year. So if you're into Pokemon and you want to know. Next Tuesday is the day for you. Um, I think it's going to be. File. I think it's going to be interesting because we're not going to get like the next generation. But I think last year was obvious that we would get DLC for Scarlet and Violet. This year, it's less obvious what's going to happen. Pokemon Sleep Two. Sure. Did you try that once? Yeah, it was annoying. And then you had to um, keep it on, and then you had to put it in the bed. But we've got a small bed, and like, well, no, you have to put it like under your pillow. And I was like, it's going to get really hot, and just yeah, it's annoying. Um, what people are expecting, the big thing from this one is remakes, because they've been going through remakes or like a let's go game uh, based on the old ones. Um, but we don't really know what that's going to be. Switch Two has reportedly been pushed back to next year. So it's not coming out this year, in which case are we getting new Pokemon games, but they're only for Switch? Or is it that they were trying to make something for Switch 2 and now that's been pushed back and we won't get that now? So I think it's going to be interesting to see what they what they present next mm. Tuesday. So keep an eye on that. And then we will we will talk about it uh well, probably in a couple of weeks. Bring actually. back Pokemon Shuffle. Never played it. It's great. Just no more Pokemon Snap. Ugh. Most boring game ever. Have you played it? I reviewed it, yeah. You reviewed Pokemon Snap? Yeah. I didn't know that. For Pink News. What I did you give I it? I think I reviewed it. What did you give it? No, I think I did review it. They also, they, yeah, they sent me like, that's when I got all the trading cards. Very good, remember. Were we friends then? Yes, because I did the Pokemon ASMR trading card opening. Oh, it was that time. Back in those days. Yeah. Um, so, I, yeah, I got the game. And they I, were roommates. <laughs> um, and I got a, a little printer 
And so you're, uh, you can basically take your snaps from the game, uh, put them on your phone, and then send them to this little printer that prints them off. On Cumpig, I remember Cumpig. Cumpig. Yeah, Grum Grumpig? Grumpig is the proper name, but Cum we called him Cumpig. Cumpig. <laughs> but, um, yeah, did you like Did you like it? I, I mean, it wasn't my favourite game. I can see why it would appeal to certain people as just a nice, relaxing experience where you just get to see Pokemon in their environments. And if you're a big Pokemon fan, then you're going to love it. If you're not into Pokemon, then absolutely see, it's I am in, boring. In Pokemon, I'm not like a massive Pokemon nerd that like plays and like goes shiny hunting end game for hours and hours and hours. I played, like I said, Red. Or I played, yeah, Red, I think. And like played the first few generations. Loved them. But I just found it so dull. And I remember streaming it and I was like, okay, I'm going to do a whole release day stream. We're going to go and play it, you know, from, I think I started at like 10 a.m. And I was like, okay, I'm going to play till, you know, the end of the stream. I think I lasted like two and a half hours. And everybody in the chat, I think as well, was going like, it's really boring. Because mm. <laughs> it was just me going, like, oh, take a picture. That's the yeah. thing with Pokemon. Like, I, I really like the main games because I like that whole grind. The, it's the cycle of, Collecting new Pokemon, training them, battling with them. It's an the RPG. It's, it's a really good RPG. It's a, it's a, I was about to say that. It's an RPG. Mm. And that's what I like about it. And it's such a huge thing that they spin it off in all these different ways. And I think the other games for me don't work. Like I, the Pokemon designs are really cute, but I want to battle with them. I don't want to take pictures of them. So mm. anyway, that's Pokemon. It's a whole thing. Yeah, I remember as a kid, though, I really wanted to play Pokemon Stadium because I never did. I never had to play uh, Nintendo 64. But the only reason I wanted to play that was like, I want to see them in 3D. Yeah. Not just on them, the cartoon or... Once you've seen them, it's also quite boring. Yeah, that was another thing I didn't want they to They padded go. it out with mini games that were really boring. Oh, were there mini games in it? Okay. Mm. Anyway, well, is that it for the news? That is it for the news. Brilliant. Well, thank you very, very much. It has been a slightly longer episode because it has been two weeks since we last recorded. And the next one... It'll be another two weeks. Oh, yeah. We're going to put the next one up as a, a next week episode. Yep. That'll be so. Please go and check that out. Also, um, all my videos, including the podcast, will be up at 9 a.m. UK time instead of 1 p.m. Uh, going forwards. Um, I know you hate that phrase, don't you? From now on, yeah, from now on, from now on, um, they will be going up at 9 a.m. So if you are someone that likes a podcast kind of in the morning while you're eating your breakfast or answering your emails at work hopefully they will you know the podcast will be up and you can have it on your second monitor or whatnot rather than waiting until yeah one o'clock because the podcast itself the actual audio goes up like 5 a.m so it's ready for you when you you know stick turn your podcast player and you're walking to work or wherever but yeah the podcast uh video will be up at 9 a.m and if that suits you let us know if you were like no please do it a bit earlier because i like to watch it whatever whatever let us know, because we are here for you. Are we? Yeah. Um, we don't do this for the good of our health, do we? <laughs> it's just an opportunity to rant. Yeah, just opportunity to... Well, I mean, we started it just to hang out together. And now we do it quite a lot. Yeah. <laughs> We're sick of you, really. Just got, yeah, got into the habit. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> anyway, Ed, how can we find you? And well, what else have we got? We've got the... Yeah, so next podcast is going to be the interview with Paul... Um, Tinto. Tinto. And we have a little chat about his surname in that as well. So Paul Tinto, go and uh, check that out. That will be next week, just before the game comes out, probably Tuesday or Wednesday. Because it's out on the Thursday, isn't it? Mm -hmm. um, yes, yeah, so probably Tuesday or Wednesday. So make sure you have your alerts turned on. I'll And I'll post it in the Discord, discord.gg slash biggestbenus. Um, but also, yeah, just keep an eye out for that. Um, anything else you've got planned this next week? Um, 
not for the next week. It's going to be a little quieter. I will be back streaming on next Monday. Uh, I missed stream this week because I was busy playing Rebirth, um, which I couldn't say at the time. But now I can say I was too busy finishing it, so I uh, I skipped stream. But I'll be back next week. I am going to play Frog Detective. Mm, a brilliant game. I have that on Switch, and I just want something short and fun and colourful and a bit silly. So... Exactly, and it, actually, in two, so the next two podcasts, next one's going to be the, the interview. The one afterwards, we're going to do something special, and it might even be live, um, because Ooh. that is the Oh My Gosh Streaming Week, raising money for Great Ormond Street Hospital Children's Charity. Um, so, you know, join us for that. It's probably going to be live. Join the Discord, follow us on Twitter. We'll put all the notifications there. If you don't manage to catch it live, don't worry. The video as well as the audio will go up at the usual time. Um, it's just that I think we might. I'm going to look to try and get a few guests. Mm. Um, so that would be, and that's the the week, the first week, pretty much the first week of March. Uh, well, the the actual event is the 4th to the 10th of March. If you are a streamer, creator, and you want to take part, go to gosh.org slash OMG. Um, and I'll just send me a message and I'll help you organize it all and, you know, set everything up if you want, if you need it. I need to do a stream as well. You do. I'm going to do some crowd control. Well, like that. We're also going to the theatre next Friday. We are. Mm, which we will report back on. We shall. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Follow me at Biggest Benis pretty much everywhere. Um, and yeah, just the Suicide Squad Let's Play will be finished before Rebirth comes out. So I've got a fair bit to do this weekend, but I don't think I've got too long to go. Go and check it out. Something big, big, big happened in the last one, which I wasn't expecting at all. So uh, yeah. Nice. And it wasn't the bit that you came in on. It was something else afterwards. Oh, very nice. Uh, you can find me at Ed underscore Knights on Twitch, on Twitter. And you can read all of my stuff, all my reviews and interviews on Eurogamer.net. Excellent. And go to swappingjoysies.com for all the links to our video playlist, as well as everything else. Um, Spotify, Apple, everything else. Nice. All the other bits. And yeah, please like and subscribe. Leave a comment. We will always reply to them. Uh, and we always enjoy reading them. So thank you very much. Until next time. See you then. Bye. Bye. I gotta press the button now. Here it wait. Oh, I wasn't ready. Oh, 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 Bye. oh. Bye.